You're listening to the Real Estate Entrepreneur Podcast with Terrence Murphy, where we cover sales, investing, and entrepreneurship with an emphasis on real estate. Each podcast, Terrence and his guests will bring you informative and inspiring information within the real estate industry. Welcome to another episode of Real Estate Entrepreneur with Terrence Murphy. I'm excited to uh, dive into this episode today. Uh, I got a friend of mine. We're going to dive into what he's doing, how he's killing it. We we met on an app and on Clubhouse and we had a similar energy on the stage and really wanted to get him on the show. So David Morell is the co-founder and managing partner of the Greater Property Group and host of the Run GPG podcast that interviews entrepreneurs, business builders, influencers, and creatives. The Run GPG podcast is a top 100 podcast with guest alumni, including Grant Cardone, Andy Frisella, Chris Ross, Ryan Serhant, and many more. The Greater Property Group is a national res- residential real estate brand known for the unique selling propositions, exceptional service, and well-edited marketing and branding. Dissatisfied and discontented with the status quo, the Greater Property Group separates itself as a natural industry disruptor through their focus on leading-edge technology and innovative consumer programs for both buyers and sellers. Thanks for being on the show today, David. Uh, Thanks for having me, Terrence. Excited to talk to you. Yeah, man, I start off with a quick quote, and then we're going to just dive straight in, man. Uh, So the quote is, the only difference between a wealthy person and a poor person is how they use their time. And so our ultimate goal is to inspire people in the real estate industry and just dive into these things. So, David, everybody's got a story on how they got into real estate, you know, how they became the success that they are. Obviously, you're killing it in real estate. You've moved out of production. You got the podcast. You're doing a lot of things. But just tell me your story real quick in a couple of minutes and how you got to where you're at today. Absolutely. I'm not really good at talking about myself, so you'll have to bear with me. So uh, got into real estate uh, over 20 years ago. My dad sat me down. He was a you know old school hustler, classic entrepreneur, sat me down and said, you're getting into real estate. You're going to make money with your mouth. So it was my dad. He said, <laughs> he said you're going to get into real estate. He did the math for me. He says, this is how much you make on an average sale, et cetera, et cetera. And I didn't really have a choice. So, you know, so I got into it at that point. But then I think I really found my wheelhouse there because I enjoyed you know, negotiating, closing a deal. There was no buzz like it. You know, Had a lot of fun with that. And it gave me a sense of being an entrepreneur at a young age too. So that's what I did. Um, was in production for close to 20 years. And then myself and my partner, uh, we started to create uh, teams across the country. So national teams, we actually had five very high producing teams uh, across Canada. And then uh, you know, a few years ago, we flipped over into an independent national brokerage. So that's basically the flyover of my history in real estate. And there's, I mean, there's a lot in there, but that's the brief summary. I love it, bro. So let's dive into that expansion because that's what we call expansion teams, right? So when you were trying to you know, really move out of production, why did you go expansion? What, what was the vision behind doing those five, six, seven teams that you did? Well, it was because we could. I think at the time, not a lot of people, the model was interesting at the time because it was about eight years ago. Well, you know, there's a few things that have changed the real estate industry over the last few years. And it was about eight years ago was the rise of online lead generation, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, where you could have these, you know, these IDX feeds or alternatives to the MLS where people, you know, could, you know, look for information, start, you know, shopping for houses. So that, that kind of started to change everything in real estate. And at that time, you know, teams typically, real estate teams were partner teams, you know, they were husband and wife, or they weren't, you know, these big scalable teams, you know, with a whole bunch of buyer agents, seller agents. Yeah, you had kind of, they were, they were these smaller groups. And what happened with online lead gen was 
uh, we started to produce a, a high number of leads. You know, we're talking thousands of leads almost seemingly overnight. So an overflow of business necessitates you know, more agents to work those leads. So what we were able to do was uh, go out and kind of scale our business from city to city real quick. Uh, so we started to buy up lead gen platforms about seven, eight years ago, which I think was the golden age of it because it was kind of a novelty. There wasn't a lot of people doing that. Yeah, not a lot of teams. Yeah. And there was not a lot of teams or a lot of groups doing that. And we just realized that we could duplicate the model we had in our primary city over and over again. So we went to bigger, bigger areas, you know, higher price points, et cetera. And, uh, and then we were able to do that. And again, we, you know, at the time, you know, the branding was a little clunky. You know, we, had, we branded each team separately five times, uh, which was a problem because every time we created a piece of marketing, you know, we had to rebrand it five times. It got very costly, right? Bogged down in time. And uh, so what we did was, you know, like I said, a few years ago, we just kind of brought it under one umbrella with one brand. So it became, you know, Greater Property Group, Calgary, Greater Property Group, Toronto, Greater Property Group, Vancouver. So that simplified the process. So again, you know, like I said, you know, it was, we were able to scale quite quickly and grow these very large teams across the country. And, uh, you know, and then, uh, like I said, we flipped into a brokerage a few years ago. But what was interesting was, you know, over the last few years, you know, technology, data, the way that people shop for real estate, that's really changed everything. We think those three things in particular have really disrupted the real estate industry in the, in the last few years. And I can unpack that a little bit more because I, you know, it's something we talk about quite often. But um, anyways, you, you let me know if you want to talk about that. Heck yeah. I mean, the cool thing is a lot of our listeners, you know, we just started this podcast, I guess it's four or five months old. I don't even know at this point. But uh, yeah, dude, we hit 15,000 downloads in the first four, three, four months. And so it's gaining some traction. And a lot of my listeners, it's a variety of an audience. And so most people go niche podcasts and I just love just real estate in general. So, but yeah, people are going to ask me that question. I guarantee it. And so what I try to do, even if I know the answer, I ask, cause I'm like, okay, how can we unpack it, bro? So let's, let's keep diving deeper into that, man. Okay. So here, here it is. Here's what's happened over the last few years. And, and again, this is from a perspective of zooming out and looking at things from, you know, now out of production, looking at things from a consumer point of view. What's interesting is, you know, uh, we say the three things that have changed everything in real estate are data, technology, and uh, culture, the way that people shop for anything. So in particular, you know, I already mentioned the lead gen platforms. You know, technology is really just, I mean, especially in real estate, it's really changed the way people seek information, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, seven, eight years ago, five years ago, four years ago, you know, the, the average gestation period of a lead in a lead gen site was, it was pretty good, you know, three to six months on average before they yeah. would turn over, right? So they'd raise their hand, say, I don't have a real estate agent, I'm ready to transact in the next three to six months. And pretty good. Conversion rate was pretty high. What's happened is the proliferation of online lead generation sites has diluted those leads, right? So now, you know, the the average gestation period in a lead gen site goes from three to six months to nine months to a year to a year and a half. The last metrics I actually saw on the average time that a lead is in a lead gen site is about 19 months. Wow. So yeah, that's almost two years, right? So if you have any form of lead online lead generation, which I know you have, right? Um, mm-hmm. A lot of teams have, you have to understand what they are. You know, when they come into, you know, when they register on your site, they're not looking for a real estate agent. They're not. Uh, they're just looking for information. And most agents, you know, teams, brokerages, whatever it might be, they don't have a non-threatening way to give information for up to two years, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have to intersect with someone when they have a life event, right? When they have timing and motivation, that's what triggers 
a real estate transaction, right? So you have to realize that, you know, some agents, they get involved in online lead generation. I don't want to focus too much on, on I'll move on from this, but, you know, uh, agents, when they get involved in online lead generation, they get really frustrated because, you know, they get fake names, bad phone numbers, they get really frustrated. The, the problem is they don't want to talk to a real estate agent. You know, they just want information. That's it. So you have to realize that you know the way that people seek information is completely changed. It's every industry. It's not just real estate, right? So you go on and you look for something online before you actually head out the door to buy a car or whatever it might be, right? So so that's one thing. The second thing that's changed everything, everything in real estate over the last few years is is data, data, mm-hmm. data, data. Yeah. So uh, we've given up all our data in the last five years, man. And it used to be, you know, follow me on this. It used to be really interesting because. You know, a consumer would have to call you, would have to call a real estate agent to find out how much their house was worth, to find out how much a neighbor's house sold for, to get the market data. Like that was very valuable, right? Uh, real estate agents were the gatekeepers of information. We've given up all our data over the last few years. So now uh, what happens is, you know, nine times out of 10, when you go in on a listing presentation or something else, they already know how much their house is worth within a, you know, a few thousand dollars sometimes. They already know. What the neighbor's house sold for. They have all the market data, right? So uh, what happens is, you know, the value proposition of an agent starts to decline, and that's what's happened over the, you know, the past few years. You know, what differentiates you? You know, what are you going to do that I can't do myself? I already know what my house is worth. Why am I paying you a premium commission, right? So agents have to think about this stuff. They have to understand the perception that people have. If they have all the data, you know, if if they have all the data, then what do they need an agent for? Other than to price and market, and typically, you know, we find that agents have a very hard time articulating what their marketing plan is for a property. You know, they really do. I mean, it's tough. Like, how do you differentiate yourself? You know, how do you justify your commission? So we put a big focus on that, providing value for our clients and, of course, for our agents. And then uh, the third part of this whole discussion is culture—the way that people shop for anything. We really believe that that's changed. You know, you know, they seek information first, right? You have to answer the question, "What's in it for me?" Right? You have to have unique selling propositions. You really have to differentiate yourself. Super yeah. important, man. Yeah, right? Man. Yeah. Wow. So that we're we're super passionate about that when it comes to uh, our brokerage is is uh, how we differentiate ourselves, how we provide value, and uh, we can get really into the minutia there because I think it's critically important. It'll be even more important, you know, uh, in twenty twenty one and beyond. I, what what you're seeing is you're seeing a trend of fewer and fewer agents, teams, and brokerages doing the lion's share of the transaction. Transactions and that trend is going to continue because you know the companies, the teams, the agents that are able to articulate their value and their, and what makes them different and what's in it for the consumer when they pick up the phone and call them, they're going to win, right? So yeah. I, I would say you know I would say to agents you know like when you're advertising something if it's just you, you know um, you know Joe Realtor here's my name phone number put it on a bus bench no one's calling you you're wasting your money you have to have a call to action you have to have a unique selling proposition if you don't have those things. No one's going to call you. And of course, as we know, inbound phone calls in real estate are the gold standard, right? Yep. So if you can put out a piece of marketing, advertising, or something else that generates an inbound phone call, now that now you're winning. Now that's advertising, right? And marketing. Man, I love it, Dave. Man, I love it. <laughs> we, we for sure got a lot in common, man. So USP is something I'm always talking about. CTA is something I'm always talking about. And it's just crazy because we've never had this conversation. And literally I can come train your agents and you can come train my agents and the framework of it is the same. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like fundamentals in sports, right? Like there's this, you can't be a great golfer if you don't bring your hands here and do this and come like you just, you have to do it. So I always talk about industrial age and we have now moved into the information age. It's, it's very clear. And if 
agents are still stuck in the industrial mindset of how people shop and culture, like you said. And so I'm always talking about what's your unique selling proposition? If it's, yeah, I can open a door for you as a realtor. No one, that's not bringing value anymore. So, man, that's, that's good stuff, bro. That's amazing stuff. Yeah. And it's, you know, Terrence, it's not just, um, it's every industry is being disrupted by unique selling propositions. USPs, every single industry, you know, you got Uber and Lyft completely disrupted the taxi industry, right? And I know what the value proposition is. I know what their USP is. I haven't called the taxi in three years, four years, because I know exactly what I'm getting when I open my Uber app, right? You yeah. got Airbnb and VRBO, right? I know what I'm getting, you know, comforts of home closer to where I'm working, no money exchanges hands, you know, that, that type of thing, right? You've got uh, the insurance industry completely disrupted by USPs. You know, the, I always use the example of um, Geico. They've got a great USP, Right, you know, and and everybody can recite it. If you ask the average person what's the Geico USP, they go, "Oh, 15 minutes could save you 15 percent." I love that one because it's like I know when I call Geico, I'm going to spend 15 minutes on the phone, and my expectations are set. But the payoff is I'm going to save 15 percent or whatever. You've got Amazon completely destroyed retail, right? Completely destroyed. They put malls out of business because their USP is if something breaks in my house, I don't have to drive across town to get it. I just order it to my house the next morning, right? So. Every industry is being disrupted by USPs. In fact, you know, if you look at, it's really interesting. If you look at some of the the studies on USPs, you know, you're probably not old to remember the Domino's USP. You remember that the Domino's mm. USP? It was uh, mm. your pizza delivered in 30 minutes or it's free. Oh wow! Yeah, and and their sales shot through the roof. And and people were calling Domino's to order pizzas that didn't even like Domino's pizza because I'm either going to get my pizza quick or it's free. Right. So they articulated what's in it for the consumer. Real estate's no different. People want to know what they get when they work with you. What makes mm-hmm. you different? So I like I said, you know, zooming out, zooming out, you know, in, in real estate specifically, what is your USP? And and the only thing that stops a needle from moving is creativity, right? You know, you got to be creative with your USPs. You know, what does your consumer want? Get out of here, brother. We're we're brothers from another mother. <laughs> Come on, man. Dude, I literally say. Two things that you hit, like one, you got to be able to spit your USP out within a minute. And then two, I always say, and what's in it for you, the customer. And so like I'm when I'm coaching my agents on their scripts and just being comfortable, I always say, and here's why this matters to you. Like you got to bring that home. And then one of my other quotes that I always say, and you just said it in a different way, every problem has a solution. You just got to be creative enough to find it. And so the creative people that aren't robotic, that can flow and know their shit, forgive my language, know their stuff, are the ones that are going to keep doing well. And then you let into one of the other things that I want to kind of progress to, which is why do teams matter? When you're talking about a hundred plus tasks for an agent, and if David and I, you know, really took the Henry Ford model, we have a listing coordinator, we have this, we have that, and everybody's just doing that task over and over and over. They're getting really good at being a transaction coordinator versus an agent trying to put their own signs out, do their own data entry. Why do teams matter to you, bro? Like, why do you feel like that's also the next wave you know, teams have really taken over, especially the metropolitan areas. But, you know, it's again, it's, it just all comes down to the value proposition of a team, right? So why would an agent, you know, join your team and give up a split, right? And I think sometimes agents, and I've said this a few times, is that quite often agents say, how much is this going to cost me? Not how much is this going to make me, right? Mm-hmm. Splits can be a good thing, right? Teams, what's the value you're providing the agent? Is it training? Is it coaching? Is it mentoring? Is it branding and, and marketing? Is it team in a box? Is it leads? It's got to be about more than leads now. I've said this over and over again. You know, I think uh, some teams get into this a little bit misguided. They think, well, I'm just going to provide leads to my agents. You know, agents can go out and get leads themselves. 
you know, they could they could put an ad budget behind, you know, a Facebook ad and and generate their own leads. So it's got to be about more than leads. It's got to be about USPs. What USPs can I offer here? Am I going to get training and coaching? Do I have branding and marketing? Teams matter, but you have to provide the value to the agents. And of course, you know, uh, teams like yours absolutely do that, and that's why you're killing it and crushing it, right? Because you provide value. And you're doing things like training and coaching. And I think that's super important, especially now. I think training and coaching and helping agents understand what makes them relevant, how they can charge more money for their services and why they can justify it is super, super important. Yeah, bro. And the biggest thing too, teaching them how to leverage their time. I think agents, number one thing is crazy. Any agent I've ever trained, I've trained over 100, 200 agents, you know, in and out of my brokerage over, over the years, is the first thing I talk about is database and time blocking. I quote Adam Hergenrother. He always says this, agents get in the real estate industry for their freedom, the freedom to go and come and do what they want and they work for themselves. But it's the freedom of real estate that kills them and puts them out of the industry because they don't have the discipline to really focus down and build out. How do I leverage? How do I use the listing coordinator, transaction coordinator? Because I tell them we have our hunters, our scalpers and our gatherers. Which one are you? Man, that's good stuff. Can you repeat that? Hunters? We have our hunters our scalpers and our gatherers, which one are you? The cool thing about it is think about it like this, you know, an ISA type person, I'm just using some general terms. That's a gatherer. Like that's someone who's grabbing the information, following up, really trying to bring the sticks. A hunter is that, that agent is going to go get deals done, get shit done, make deals happen, but they don't want to be in the paperwork. They don't want to be in the data entry where they're putting in the listing themselves. So that's where you have your scalpers. You bring the information back to them, the most amazing transaction coordinators take it and they run with it and they do it consistently over and over and over. And I'll try to break up my team into those three things. And I say, where do you fit in this spectrum? And where do you fit on our model, the Henry Ford model? That's cool. Get good at that specialist. So I want to progress, man. That's, that's good stuff, bro. Do you feel like from an industry perspective, everybody's now trying to be the TikTok specialist, the <laughs> Instagram specialist, the whatever, whatever. Where do you see agents really struggling to focus? Is it just all the shiny objects? Like, where do you, what are your thoughts on that? Well, it's an interesting time we're in because you can leverage social media branding for free. Like, so you can use social media for free. And, and I think it, to your point, I think agents get spread a little thin. And, and I, I always say this, like you can get fancy with TikTok, you can get fancy with IG and all these other things, but unless you actually have that unique selling proposition, unless you have that call to action, you're, it, it makes no difference. Oh, here it's a humorous video. Unless you, you know, like you got to put the time in too. You know, branding is a long play, right? If somebody's going to brand themselves, it takes years. It really does to get to know, like, and trust you, which is great. So branding's a part of that. But you know, there's there's the now business, right? There's the yeah. pushing and the pulling, but the branding, you know, and the now business, something that's going to generate an inbound phone call, which we all want in real estate, is you got to have those USPs, man. You got to have yeah. those call to action. Why should I call you? Why should I pick up the phone and call Terrence, right? And if you can articulate that, even with all the new shiny objects, you're going to come out uh, further ahead. But I, I think it's a really interesting time. I don't think agents leverage social media enough for what they're doing. I mean, you and I have been on Clubhouse and we see how agents are doing that. And that's great. But you know, having 100,000 followers on TikTok means nothing unless it turns into business, in my opinion. Right? Yeah. So the agents, you know, the agents that I like to listen to and talk to about this are the ones that are actually generating leads or have some sort of funnel. You talked about database. I think that's super important, you know, um, being able to nurture your database. And I think agents, you know, I don't want to speak in too broad a, a broad a terms here, but, but you know, agents sometimes, you know, they're, they're, they're chasing the next carrot. They don't realize that the work they put in now pays off six months from now. 
right? Mm. And that's why you make the touches in your database. That's why you do the follow-up calls. That's why ISAs are so valuable too, right? Because they're, yep. you know, they're, they're working on the database and making those touches until they're booked as appointments for the agents, which is very valuable in a team perspective just to go back there. But yeah, it's an interesting time in social media. I don't know. You know, I dabble a little bit in there. Corporately, we do that as well. But you know, what matters to people is what's in it for them. You know, what do they get? And I, I just keep coming back to that when it comes to marketing. No, I love it. Yep. So you said the, the definition of branding. If I was a new agent or just someone thinking about building a brand, what is the definition of branding to you? You kind of touched on it a little bit. I want to circle back because I think you got some amazing nuggets on that. Yeah, I think branding uh, works for you uh, when you're not there. It's what people say about you when you're not in the room. That's what I think branding is, you know? And I think branding, it is a long play. It takes some time. You know, just doing a post here or there with a fancy logo does nothing. That's not branding. Like, who are you as your face on? Like, you do a really good job of that. Like, I feel like I already know you, you know, and this is the first time we've, you know, sat down and had a, had a video call, right? But I already know yeah. you. So you're branding already. I know that you were a football player, right? I know how you structure your team. I can see it. You know, well edited, attention to detail. I know what you do. Like your branding is working for you, you know what I'm saying? And I could talk about you with you not here. So I think I think agents need to, or or whatever, whatever industry you're in, you know, it's what are people saying about you when you're not there? I think that's to me that's branding in a nutshell. Man, I love it. I love it. Well, let's spin it, man. So, couple questions. What's one thing you wish you'd have known, just real estate in general, about the industry when you were thinking about getting into it? What's a, what's a lesson or a story? I think the the most surprising thing was that not all agents are successful. Wow. Because <laughs> that's how it's portrayed. Yeah. Not all agents are successful. You know, we always use the phrase success leaves clues, right? So if you study the people that are the most successful uh, in the industry, you find some interesting things like uh, they understand people better. So it's not about you. I think new agents, sometimes they focus too much on themselves. You know, how am I going to sell to this person? Instead of understanding people and personality types that people want to be sold to differently. And sometimes that's an ego check and it takes a while to like really realize that it's not about you. You know, people don't actually care about you or your awards. You know, again, what's in it for me? You know, what, how are you going to talk to somebody, you know, based on their personality type? Some people are data driven and analytical. They want to see the numbers. Other people want the bottom line, right? Some people are slow to trust. You got to ease into it. I think I'm pretty perceptive, but I think it took me a while to really understand people and personality types. I think that was the most important lesson I learned early on. And also that, you know, not all agents were successful and there was a big gap between the ones that did it and the ones that didn't. And you know, it was interesting. Um, I, always, I, I also believe, and I, I've talked about this in, in sales training, is that you know, the agents that are the most successful in any sales industry is that the most successful ones are able to handle rejection better. So they can handle the no's, right? And they don't sting uh, as much. They move on. I remember um, my dad, you know, like I said, old school hustler is a big influence on me. But you know, he said the best salespeople, they don't give a damn about the no. They just move on quicker, right? Wow. They, they don't care. It doesn't sting them. So they're yep. able to power through. You don't know what you don't know. You power through. No, 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 no. And then you get that yes, right? And then uh, you know, years later, fast forward years later, I saw an interview with uh, Barbara Corcoran. And it was on, uh, I think it was on... Um, I think it was on Larry King. It was one of, it was anyways, it was years ago, but she, they were asking her, what do you see as the biggest difference between, you know, the million dollar GCI agent and the $40,000 a year agent? You know, what's the biggest differentiator you see between the really successful agent and the not so successful agent? And she said, it wasn't education. It wasn't background. It wasn't any of those things. What it was, was they were able to handle the nose better. 
Wow. They just moved on. And I thought that was really profound. You know, the people that have been successful in sales and entrepreneurship, they can power through those no's. You know, the ones that where the no's kind of like sting a lot. It, it takes them a while to kind of get up. They get gun shy, right? They don't want to pick up the phone. They don't want to make those sales calls. So especially if you're, if you're generating leads online in a database, you got to be able to move through those no's. You know, Darren Hardy talks about it all the time, right? Just powering through them and getting to that yes. Appreciate the no's because you're getting closer to that yes. So I think that's a big, I think that's a big lesson learned for salespeople. No, that's good, bro. That's really good. And you just said it earlier. We went from three to six months cycle time. Now you're at 16 to 19 months. There's going to be some no's in that, in that season. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Wow. That's good, bro. What do you see as the biggest opportunity in the next 12 to 24 months in our industry? I love this question because, you know, as our brokerage is uh, heavily involved in crypto, blockchain, Bitcoin, uh, digital assets, this is something that we started to uh, look into years ago. Uh, so we got involved in um, offering Bitcoin as a way to purchase a property. What was interesting about this offer, Terrence, is um, when we first started getting involved with it and we figured out a way to do it, we realized that, well, early on, we thought it was a buyer offer. You know, because we had spoken at cryptocurrency conventions, uh, we had been, you know, featured in magazines, things like that, and we thought this was a tremendous buyer offer because we were meeting people that were making, you know, millions of dollars in crypto, right? So we said, okay, you know, they want to put their crypto somewhere. They were buying, you know, boats and cars, and we said, well, we'll we'll open for business with um, with Bitcoin or crypto digital assets, and we'll figure out a way to do that. We thought it was a great buyer offer. They could move large amounts of money real fast for real cheap, all that kind of stuff, and uh, they wanted a place to put it. But what we quickly figured out was that this was a seller offer. Sellers mm-hmm. wanted to advertise their property for, for Bitcoin. And so what we did was we put Bitcoin pricing on all the properties on our website and things like that. And now what's happened is we, you know, a lot of luxury sellers are reaching out to us because they want to advertise the property uh, for Bitcoin and crypto. Like that's what's happening. You know, we're, gen- we're I mean, we're getting leads from uh, you know, Miami, from New York. And these are luxury sellers going, hey, we understand you transacting crypto. We'd like to advertise their property on your site or whatever it might be. So that's been interesting. That was a big revelation. So it wasn't just a buyer offer. It was, became more of a seller offer. But then as an agent, you can understand that how powerful a USP this is for our agents because now they could go in on a listing presentation and go, hey, you know, uh, we transact in, in digital assets. Would you like to open up your property to a new pool of buyers? You know, possibly international buyers, and so that's that's what happened there, right? So it's a powerful uh, USP for our agents too. So uh, in terms of the next opportunity in real estate, or the most, you know, what to pay attention to, I think the crypto space, a blockchain, smart contracts, all that type of stuff, and of course, there's NFTs. I mean, this isn't the webinar to go down that rabbit hole, I don't think, <laughs> but but uh, but for us, we think that that's the next frontier there. Yeah, no, I love it. Yeah. Real quick, dude, I would like to hit this real quick because I don't want this to fly over people's head. What is cryptocurrency in one sentence or two? And then how do you, you know, exchange assets with Bitcoin if you were to sell a listing? Like, okay, this is what it looks like from a framework standpoint. Yeah. So, well, Bitcoin is just digital. It's a digital currency. Yep. That's it. It's a digital currency. And there's a lot of debate about what's truly decentralized, what's not, the validity of different cryptos and, and why they work, why they're not, you know, a very volatile market, but it's still, a, it's still a currency, right? So um, I always tell people, do your research if you're going to buy crypto, just understand what you're buying into and what it is. You know, there's, who could have saw what happened with Dogecoin, Dogecoin. right? Uh, we said it at the same time. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, it's a joke coin, but then Elon Musk makes a tweet and jacks the price up, right? So it's like, you know, so you just have to understand what it is, right? And, and, and crypto really is it's a rabbit hole, man. It, 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 once you get involved in that and you start looking into it, it's, it's almost like 
the people that are really into it are almost obsessive about it because it's such an interesting space, what it is, right? Like, what is the blockchain? What it, and there's still debate among people who you know, are really involved in the space of what it is and how it works and everything else. But the bottom line is it's here to stay. We know that. We know that blockchain technology and crypto is here to stay. So, But it is digital currency, right? Uh, how it works in, in real estate, there's a, there's a lot of Again, this is a totally different webinar, but you know, there's trust companies and there's uh, exchanges and digital trusts and over the, you know, the custodians, there's TWAPs, there's stable coins that hold the price, you know, there's all of these things. We'll have to do a part 2 to actually go over that. Yeah. So, it all depends, right? It depends if is is the buyer using crypto only? Is the uh, seller only accepting crypto? Is both of them involved in the in crypto there? Are they using it? So there's a lot of different variables in, yeah. in that. You know, Man, but I the bottom line it. is this: to yeah. simplify it, though, to simplify it, though, Terrence, it's like it's a tremendous offer for for sellers, right? Where they can actually advertise their property to a new buyer pool, right? And for buyers, obviously, you know, the application's obvious. And then, obviously, for agents, wow, you know, it's really cool. You know, we've got yeah. an agent. He's, uh, you know, he just put uh, the Bitcoin and Ethereum uh, logos on his decals on his Range Rover. You know, so he's got the you know the company logo, and then he's got the Bitcoin. And then we have agents that are actually putting the uh, the logos on their signs too, and it's generating calls. Wait, what, what, what's this? You know, you know, because there's a lot more people like adopting crypto, right? There's and there's institutional adoption too, so people are inquiring about it. So uh, we just want to get ahead of the curve on this, and and of course our company is becoming somewhat synonymous with it, which is cool. You know, man, congrats, bro. That's so innovative and so so cool. So now we got a couple more questions, man, and I want to you know respect your time for sure. Technology. We get away from crypto and, and, and Bitcoin and, and Deutschcoin. And what are, what are some of the technologies that you're using and what's the value that they bring to your team and, and, and where y'all are headed? Yeah, technology. I mean, we live off video conferencing, you know, just like we're doing right now. It's made the world a lot smaller. You know, we're an international company. We have employees overseas. We have employees across Canada. Um, so video conferencing has been really important to us. I mean, you're in Texas right now, right? Yep. We're having a meeting. It's almost like we're in person. So I think, I think that... <laughs> It's true, right? But I think, you know, and not only that with my podcasts, it's been able to help me book the guests I want, you know, across the world, which has been really, really cool, you know. And uh, I, th- I just think video conferencing is like one of the main things. I think uh, CRM needs to be uh, really important to an agent these days. I know you guys use a CRM that's super robust, right? You provide mm-hmm. that for your agents, which is really, really good. And then understanding how to use that CRM properly, right? Yep. You know, if you use a, a CRM like you have or like we have properly, uh, you should be able to like just close, you know, transaction after transaction falling off a cliff because CRMs, if you stay on top of it, it does touches for you. It alerts you when people are online and you know shopping and things like that. So the CRMs, I think those two things, video conferencing and CRMs, are are the most important uh, technology to be using right now. You know, yeah. and I've heard stories. I've heard interesting stories about you know, obviously agents are doing listing presentations over Zoom, uh, which is really cool. And some of these really hot markets, you know, where they have multiple offers, I've heard of agents using Zoom with breakout rooms. So they put all the agents into breakout rooms and then they they come on screen with their clients, you know, one by one going over the offers. That's facilitated, that sped up the process of dealing with multiple offers. And both buyers and sellers really love that process. Yeah. Right. So even if there was no pandemic, I think that's something that agents should adopt anyway, because I think it's so cool. I remember years ago you'd have, you know, 10 cars parked outside and one by one the agents it was very clunky. But now with the breakout rooms on Zoom or whatever it might be, Google Hangouts, uh, you can adapt. You can reduce the friction. And we believe that anything that reduces friction in a real estate transaction is here to stay. We do. You know? sure. and, 
and, and that's any any industry, right? You reduce the friction, it's going to stay because people want to you know buy things quicker, you know, at the best price. They want the information quicker, so reducing friction, I think, is super important. Yeah, bro, I got a startup idea around that that I'm working on. Once I get some framework, I'll shoot it over to you. Hell's yes. Yeah, it's right in that space. It's a pain point that we're dealing with as agents, and it's like, why hasn't anybody created this technology? So I was like, shit. I'll Listen, just- man, the real estate industry is pretty archaic. Yeah. It is, man. Like it's like not a lot's changed in the last couple decades. You know this. Mm-hmm. You know. So you do something a little bit different or innovative, all of a sudden you're disruptive. I believe that. Like it's just, the models were all built in the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. Not a lot's changed. And everybody's still holding on to them. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about your podcast, bro. You're killing it on the podcast. Top 100 podcast. I want to plug that, man, because I, I think you're bringing amazing value with that. Hopefully one day I can work work my way up to become a guest on there. No, uh, no, dude, we, we're booking it. No, I know. I know we will. So tell me, tell me about the podcast real quick, man. I want to hear about it. The vision and the, and the mindset behind it. My listeners need to hear about it. For sure. So, so the podcast was originally, originally a branding piece. It was, um, we started the podcast because we, you know, we trained and coached agents for a long time, you know, 10 years and, or whatever. And uh, we just thought it was, well, there's so much we, we can say to agents to help agents grow and scale their business in a changing industry. So we started to do that and it was really centered around real estate. But then, you know, me personally, you know, I get really bored just interviewing top producers, you know, mm-hmm. and, 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 and whatever. So as, as soon as you exhaust the top 1%, you kind of start looking around. And then the podcast started to gain some traction because we, you know, right away, you know, we, we're very network heavy. So, um, you know, we were interviewing, you know, Ryan Serhant and, and James Harris, you know, million dollar listing guys. And then we started looking at entrepreneurship. So, you know, Grant Cardone, Elena Cardone, you know, Andy Frisella. And then, you know, what, what I started to do was look at entrepreneurship and apply the principles of successful entrepreneurs back to real estate. Yep. And, and then it didn't stop there because then we started looking at creatives. You know, I interviewed Jeff Staple from Staple Design. He created the Pigeon Dunk. You know, I think mm-hmm. it's $50,000 sneaker on StockX now. You know, it's one of the most iconic sneakers. But I had to talk to Jeff Staple, right? I talked to uh, street artists, you know, like Nick Walker, you know, international street artist. Uh, Michael Francis, the former head of the Colombo crime family. You know Chris Voss, you know a best-selling author and never split the difference. Uh, I just had Director X on. You know he works with Kanye West and Drake and Ariana Grande and Justin Bieber. So what I would do is I would interview them about their creative process, and all these things have applications to your business as a real estate agent. They do. They all do, man. Success yep. leaves clues. So I would kind of direct the conversation into like what can an agent or an entrepreneur or a business builder do to take those principles and apply them to their business. So I think that's what we've been able to do. And the bottom line is, man, I just get bored. I just interview people that I want to interview. <laughs> so that's kind, of what, that's kind of what's happened there. Love it, bro. Love it. And, and, and drop the name of the podcast. I'm, I mean, obviously I know, but... Yeah, it's the Run GPG podcast. Uh, you can find... I, the main page is uh, rungpg.com. Boom. Rungpg.com. Yeah. Love it. Last couple of questions, bro. You got one more minute? Of course. Um, yeah. yeah. What are you doing to invest in yourself right now? As an entrepreneur, you know, we just run and go and do, but what are you doing to invest in you? You know, I've been, um, not that my life's been chaotic, but I recently really put some structure into a daily routine. You know, I'm a little older now, so I really, you know, I have to take, I have to take care of my body and my mental health and all that type of stuff. So uh, the daily structure or my daily routine has gotten really important to me. So for perspective, you know, I, I get up at roughly the same time every morning. I uh, have a cup of coffee. I do a 7K run religiously every morning. So I run 7K. Wow. Love it. Yeah. Well, hey, man, I didn't play pro football, right? <laughs> so I, <laughs> it's as good as I can do. 
So uh, no, that's awesome though. You <laughs> you're out working me right now for sure. I doubt that, Terrence. I doubt that. But anyways, so uh, you know, I do the seven k run. I do the uh, I take shilajit. It's a mineral that's harvested in the Himalayas. It gives me energy over the day. You know, I drink water with sea salt. I do uh, I do ice baths and cold showers every day. It's something I've become. I can't live without now. Is the the cold water therapy. So I'm really into that. And yeah. then you know, personal development. I read. I'm an avid reader now. I never used to read. Um, I, now I just. Yeah, I can't get enough information. So that's that's kind of what I do. And then, of course, you know, working on the business, I'm really passionate about bringing a value to our agents. So you know, every we do mastermind meetings, we have guest speakers, and of course, the podcast and and growth and expansion. You know, we just went live, or well, I'm announcing it here. We're about to go live as a brokerage in uh, Vancouver and Victoria. So we're super excited Man. about that. Yeah, so yeah. Up, so yeah, yeah. Love so it, expansion. Love it, bro. So what's your top book? We always like to have our guests bring a book that they suggest to our audience. The one that's really resonating with me recently is uh, Psycho-Cybernetics. Uh, not sure if you read that book. Um, yeah, Psycho-Cybernetics. It's about uh, visualization. It's actually, it's, it's the findings of Dr. Maxwell Maltz. So he was actually a surgeon and a plastic surgeon. You know, people would come in and they'd want to change their face or change something about their look. And what he found uh, more often than not, it was mental. You know, the way that people mm-hmm. viewed themselves. It took him into a deep dive about like how we perceive ourselves and uh, you know, visualizing good moments in our life to make ourselves feel better about ourselves. And you can basically do anything if you, your mind is right. You know? So Psycho-Cybernetics is a fantastic book. I think it's a must read for anybody who um, you know, understands the power of you know, having a, a strong mind. And I like the book. It, you know, it's a little bit older, but it, it, it goes into the science of it. You know? Yeah, that's It goes good. into the science of it, yeah. So that's good. I like, uh, you know, if, if you're familiar with personality concepts, I always recommend Stop, Squat- Stop Squatting With Your Spurs On uh, mm. by Angel Tucker. I, I don't know if you read that. It's a quick audio book if you want to listen to it. I think it's three hours, but it gives you a real good breakdown of the, uh, the, the four personality types. Uh, mm. That's a good one. Outwitting the Devil, Napoleon Hill. That's, a, that's really, yeah. really good. Yeah, he's a beast. <laughs> yeah, Sharon Lecter. Actually, Sharon Lecter, the, co- or the one who actually put that book out for the Napoleon Hill Foundation is our guest speaker this Tuesday. So wow. she's going to be coming on. Yeah. And then, uh, oh man, I got so many books, dude. No, that's good. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Well, final thoughts for our listeners, bro. Do you got any final thoughts? Final thoughts, man. I'm just happy to connect with you. You know, the world's gotten a lot smaller, especially with apps like Clubhouse and helped us to connect. And I think people that resonate with each other just find a way to connect. You know, like you and I, obviously, you know, we, we haven't spent a lot of time together, but I feel like you and I could talk about business and real estate and entrepreneurship for hours, bro. I really do. So I, the world's gotten a lot smaller. Find your tribe, run with people that are going to make you better. I think that's super important. And, um, and uh, I think the world's your oyster as soon as you do that. But just run with like-minded people, man. That's my final thoughts. And I think, you know, doing something like this allows us to do that. You know, iron sharpens iron. I believe for sure. that. For sure. Man, we got a lot in common, man. And as soon as you came on the stage in Clubhouse, I was like, that's my guy. <laughs> I mean, we we both said a couple sentences and it was like, man, that dude's sharp. You know, you know, you pick up on it real quick. And and like you said, Clubhouse right now, everybody's the peacock on the stage and you start really diving into what they've accomplished. And it's not about that. But at the same time, I'm like, all right, get up, say your piece. But I knew you were sharp, man. I knew it right away. How can people find you? What's the way that my listeners can can find you? You know, if you're, you're curious about the Greater Property Group in Canada here, um, it's greaterpropertygroup.com uh, for information there. Of course, the podcast, as I mentioned, rungpg.com. Instagram, uh, right now my handle is dmorelyyc. That's D-M-O-R-R-E-L-L-Y-Y-C. Or you can just email info at Greater Property Group if you have any questions. Sweet. 
David Morrell, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much, bro. You killed it, man. Like you said, we could have we could have just stayed on the first topic for three hours straight, but man, appreciate your time, man, and thank you for being on the show. Oh man, thanks for having me. What a blast! Like like I said, um, hopefully the people under, out there understand how smart you are, what you're doing. I'm really impressed with you, bro. I've heard you talk on Clubhouse too, and in a few other places, and of course, check out your podcast and all that stuff. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of The Real Estate Entrepreneur with Terrence Murphy. Please subscribe on whichever platform you are listening and consider leaving a five-star review as that will help us gain traction and continue to bring you knowledge in the real estate industry. For more content, head over to terrencemurphy.com. 